Welcome to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Podcast in Scottsdale, Arizona. We are Christian Disciples in Mission. Our Catholic faith has been around for about almost 2,000 years. And in the course of that long history, the church, us, God's people, go through ebbs and flow of understanding faith, how it's taught, how it's understood, and how it's lived, and how we're prepared to meet every crisis that comes to every age. And so the church knows that we, many of us who are older here, have grown up in a time with the language of catechism, CCD, religious education classes. In other words, to know about the Catholic faith is to attend classes. And yet, there's a word that originally started from those in the early church and have come and gone over the 2,000 years. And that word is formation. That sometimes classes denote a head knowledge. That sometimes Catholicism is taught in a way that says, know the rules, Know the doctrine and repeat after me, and that makes you a Catholic. And yet formation not only includes the mind, but a way of life, a heart, forming every area of your life and following Jesus. And that's why I've asked Kevin McGloin to come up, our staff member. He is responsible for formation from the littlest child to our teens. And we want to talk also to adults, what it means to be a disciple and to be formed in following Jesus. Your Sunny Slope Vikings are working really hard and preparing for our first game. And we've been finished our third week in the extreme heat. We're exhausted to deal the grind. Our practices begin with stretching, and then we go over special teams, which is I'm responsible for at every practice. Then we leave the baseball field where the rest of the team is at, and I take my kickers along with a former kicker who's helping me out this year, and we go to the main field. So kickers have a different type of pace. It's not all quick and getting things done. A lot of it is slower, and you just don't kick the ball, but you, you learn drills, and, and we get a lot of time to talk. That's why I'm still in touch with all my kickers, because we just talk about a lot of things. And so Friday night, we're practicing. My kicking coach, along with me, and the two kickers, just wanted to talk for about the first half hour. And all of a sudden, they themselves brought up about God. In a public school, we're talking about God. It does happen, huh? And you know, I let them talk because they're young people, and it's not about correcting them and saying, oh, you can't think that way. You let them think out loud, and you listen, and you offer observation. So as they're talking, they're talking about religion, and they repeat what they hear. All religion is bad. Because it's made up of people who are violent and they've caused more wars and more destruction. It's no wonder people don't like religion. And you know, they've probably been given a lot of evidence from people who misuse and wrongly live out religion. So I said, are they the only people? No one ever lives their faith right in a powerful way, in a life-giving way? No one is helped by religion in their brokenness and their loneliness when they're poor and they're they're broken and they're sad? No. It depends how you use it. Well, everyone should all believe one. There should just be one religion and that's it. And that should all be part of it. And I said, you know, not even the Catholic faith knows everything about God. God is greater 
than what he think he is. And if we approach any religious faith and say, we know all the truth about God and there's no other truth other than what we have, you don't know God. That's the beauty of God is he's even greater and there's many different angles to him. So you're not going to have one religion. But you might have different views of God, but also to know God is even more than what our Catholic faith teaches. And so we just keep talking. And I I kind of wonder, who is forming and shaping these young people? And I'm wondering who's forming and shaping the adults that live religion, whatever religion it is. Because the world is telling them one thing, and they are eager to take our young minds and our older minds who live out in the world daily and form them in shaping in an image that really doesn't always have a lot to do with God or Jesus Christ or the truth. And that's why Jesus calls us to being disciples that are formed and shaped into his image i got to tell you, the formation team here at St. Pat's, all of us are really excited to start this year because we have an opportunity to bring our young people closer to Jesus Christ, to allow them to encounter the life-giving presence. And the reason why I say that is because of the experiences we have time and time again. I'd like to talk about an experience we had last year. Last spring, Sharon Fabianic, who coordinates our, our, um, our elementary formation program, She does the fourth and fifth grade program, which we're now calling Rock 45. And so Sharon asked myself and Becky Whitaker, Becky last year coordinating the edge, she's now one of the co-youth ministers here in the parish. So Becky and I thought, fourth and fifth grade, we do the edge, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, we can handle that no problem. We are professionals, we know how to handle this. So you see that group of kids there on the screen, times that by three. So there was about three times the amount of kids that were there. And let me tell you, on that Friday night, when I left, I was exhausted. (laughs) I was completely wiped out. I thought 6th, 7th, and 8th graders had a lot of energy. OMG, you should see 4th and 5th graders. They have a lot of energy even more. And so, four weeks later, Sharon goes to me, I'm going to do a night with the 4th and 5th graders, a Rock 45 program, on prayer. And what I want to do, she said, is she goes, I want to bring all the fourth and fifth graders into the Blessed Sacrament Chapel here. I'm thinking, Sharon, are you nuts? Do you work with these kids? So what she did is they're all like in the fourth and fifth grade program, they're all in different stations. And so what Sharon did is she had a parent who was a core member right here in the Daily Mass Chapel, explained to the kids what the Blessed Sacrament Chapel was all about, that Jesus is present in the Eucharist, it's a place of prayer, and these kids are listening to these instructions, and they're like all over the place. They're like, I thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be a disaster. And so then they brought the first group of kids in, 10, 15, 18 kids in. They all went in, they had them sit down, some of them knelt, and let me tell you, For 15 minutes, they were perfectly still. They were perfectly quiet. You could have heard a pin drop. Some were sitting, some were kneeling. It was absolutely incredible. And then when they came out, every single kid goes, I love that! 
I love that. When can we do that again? When can we do that again? They weren't asking when they could do the next fun activity or throw food at someone or something like that. What they wanted to do is they wanted to go back and experience that peace. They wanted to experience that stillness in our lives. And I've seen it with our middle school kids. I've seen it with our high school kids. Is Our kids are searching. They're searching for peace. They are searching for stillness. They are searching for their creator in the midst of all the things that's coming at them with all the social media stuff and the stuff that kind of gets them in trouble. They are searching for quiet. They are searching for Jesus Christ in their lives. Imagine how shocked the disciples were in today's gospel with Luke. Jesus is the one who is the Prince of Peace, and he has that title, and it's very true. But yet, he's speaking something totally different, that discipleship isn't just smooth and comfortable and easy. Something shocked happens when you give your life over to the Lord. And so Jesus, talking about a blaze of baptism, not the same baptism we get, but a purification is what he's talking about by fire, meaning his death that brings about new life. And so he knows that division will happen of anyone who follows him. Because first of all, he experiences it himself. When he is presented at the temple as a child, Simeon holds up the child and says to Mary and Joseph, this child will be the cause of the fall and rise of many. In other words, people are not going to all accept him. Jesus is rejected in the synagogue of his own hometown of Nazareth. Jesus knows what it means to be rejected and pushed aside. But here's what he's asking when he talks about the side effect of my mission. That's not my mission is to cause division. But it will happen because people are not ready to accept what is true. In the ancient Mediterranean world, the family base was so central. It's something that everyone knew. You stayed in your lane, and you were arranged in marriage, you were arranged in family, and this is who you were. And any thought about breaking away from that whole family structure meant economic and really even personal death. The family structure and someone presenting something totally different, it's no wonder that people got upset. They were angry. And here's what Jesus says, that love of God and loyalty to God must be above your family. That's an affront and anger from Westerners like you and I. Jesus is not saying not to love him, but he's saying your family should never get in the way of giving complete love of God. Jesus constantly through Luke's asks for a total loyalty, even above family and any other things that are involved. But that's where division happens. How about when it's time for children to come to formation? The struggle with parents have in bringing them. I don't want my kid to be a holy roller. They get enough. You know what? We got a lot of activities, there's a full schedule. And as long as they're nice and they go to church when we tell them, what more do we need? Why make that a priority? How about the disagreement that happened? Well, who's going to take the child? Why should we do that? We should be more than enough. We can do that by ourselves. Oh, they get enough education because they go to a Catholic school. Why do they need to go of more formation? And yet they're called to be the future leaders. Are Catholic students your leaders in the future or not? That's the challenge. And so separation does happen. 
and division. That we are to break away from things that we think are important. And it's no wonder many, many people, both adults and parents and children, who, who, who argue and resist, it's an affront to them to say, you mean we have to love God above all first? It's, it's a reminder, but it's a hard thing to do. Jesus says, I've come, and there's going to be division because there are hard choices that people need to make. The other day I was flying back from, uh, to Phoenix on a plane, and so I decided to kind of kill the time. I was listening to this podcast from a psychologist, and most of his work, he's a Christian, most of his work is with young people, with children, with teenagers. And he says the greatest thing that kids are facing today is something that's called existential depression. Existential depression. Look that one up. And basically what he is saying is that they see that their lives have no meaning, their lives have no purpose. They're told, I, I saw this in my almost 20 years as a high school guidance counselor, that you gotta have a great resume to get into school or get into a great college. And so they take all these classes, they are involved in a million and one activities, they hardly get any sleep, they bust their tail, they get into that college, they work their tail off for four to five years, and then they graduate, and then guess what? then they get to work for the next 50 years of their life, and they wonder what it's all about. I read a book once when I was working on my master's in theology that changed my life. It actually helped me go in the direction that I felt like I needed to go into, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. And what Viktor Frankl says is that people who have meaning, people that have purpose to their lives, are much healthier. And so when our kids have Jesus in their lives, they have meaning and purpose to their lives. All the sociological data that's out there about kids and God and religion and being involved in church, being involved in faith formation, say this, when kids have Jesus in their lives, they do better in all aspects of their life. Name an outcome that you're concerned about and kids with God in their life do better. They have better relationships with their parents. They have better relationships with their brothers and sisters. They do better in school. They're less likely to get into trouble. I'm not saying their lives are perfect, but that there's less angst in their lives because they're rooted. They're rooted in Jesus Christ. And yet, we find it so difficult for parents to enroll our, their kids in Christian formation to commit them because so many times they say their lives are just too busy. They've got too many activities they're involved in. And yet, when God is at the center of their life, everything shows that our kids are healthier. Again, we try to get away from a classroom setting just to learn things in the head. That formation is much different from the child to every adult, no matter what your age is. And here's the quote, faith formation is more than a subject to be taught. It is an invitation to a way of life. It's an invitation of way of life. Some of the older people are saying, great, we got to sit here and endure a long talk by these two yo-yos. <laughs> when I don't have any kids and I'm done, and you're really speaking to parents and not to me. You know what? Some of the best evangelizers are people who are older here, who have no children at home, but you have children and grandchildren who want to know about God. You have neighbors. You have nieces and nephews. You have people that you care about that you can use your own words. That's why 
I don't want you to say, oh, Father, I wish they would listen to your homily. I wish they came here because you say it better than I do. That's not true. You're the ones in loving relationships with these people. You're the ones. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you what you need to say. And don't worry about the results. A lot of the kids I coach, a lot of the kids I meet here at St. Patrick's and other places in my ministry, not all go to church every Sunday. Not all get envelopes, huh? Not all consider themselves totally Catholic, but God is in them. And the way that you just speak and invite your children, your grandchildren to think about it, to make faith and portion, you can do that. So today's homily is about everyone, especially if you're older. You can make a difference. That's why if my kickers think all religion is bad because it's all full of violence and bad people, who's giving better witness than you? You're the one that helped shape and form your grandchildren, your family, your neighbor's kids. Because the more you know that the church wants formation for all people, including children, the more you can invite people and remind them. Let the Holy Spirit speak within you. Catholics, you cannot be timid. Just let God speak to you. Don't worry about the results. God always takes care of that. Just invite and give that witness of formation. There was a Jesuit priest, a philosopher by the name of Deschardins, and he had this quote about joy. Joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. Joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. You see, my friends, joy is not happiness. Happiness is fleeting. Happiness comes and goes. But joy is rooted in the peace of Jesus Christ. I got to tell you, in my ministry, in my work, some of the most joyful people I have met were dirt poor. Some of the most joyful people I met were on their deathbed in a hospital. They were more joyful than I ever had because they had a sense of peace that Jesus Christ was in their lives. And so what we're trying to do through, through lifelong formation is to develop that relationship in our young people's lives that they have real joy in their lives. So we want Jesus. We want St. Patrick's. We want this community to be their center of their lives. And out of that, everything flows. And the problem is, is that so many activities of our young people get in the way. And so people tell us, well, I, I love The Edge. I love Life Teen. I love Rock 45. And if I can fit it in, we'll do it. And the problem with that is then, is that Jesus just becomes another activity in their life. You see, what we want is Jesus to be the activity in their life, to put it that way. And out of that, everything flows out of their relationship with Jesus Christ. Because then they have meaning, then they have purpose. Then they have that sense of deep joy in their lives. And I've seen it time and time again through the years that I've worked in ministry here at St. Pat's and in other parishes, is that when kids have Jesus in their lives, they have that sense of peace. They have that sense of joy. And so we've printed up these brochures. We've got them up on the Christian formation staff is outside. We'd ask you to take one. It explains all the information. If you want to evangelize, parents, older people, kids who don't have kids, take this. This is a way to evangelize to our community. These are the nine different programs that we have, the nine different ministries that we have at St. Patrick's. There is sacramental prep. That is reconciliation, where our young people in second grade receive the sacrament of reconciliation. 
In Sacramento Prep at third grade, there's confirmation in Eucharist. We have the Young Disciples Program. That is a preschool ministry during the 8 o'clock and 10.30 liturgy that will be starting soon. We have Family Faith Formation, which is home study materials for grades um, uh, 1 through 3, for people who want to do it at their home. There's Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. This is rooted in scripture, in liturgy, in Montessori principles. It's aged um, four through grade three. It's a hands-on child environment where the kids basically teach themselves with, with uh, Jerry Porteous leaving that. There's the Children's Liturgy of the Word, the proclamation of grades of age four to fourth grade. There's Vacation Bible School that we run two different ones during the summer and we're gonna be adding even more next year. Not Vacation Bible School, but we've got something else that we're gonna add. There's Life Teen on Sunday nights for our high school teens that immediately follows our Sunday night liturgy where our young people are involved in the liturgy. Our young people are proclaiming the word. They're ministers of hospitality. They're involved in, this, in, the, in the music ministry and then they go over together to be fed and to experience God through life teen. And then finally, in a change that we're doing, we're changing our fourth and fifth grade program. It is now gonna be called Rock 45, and the Edge, our middle school program, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. That is gonna be on Monday nights. We're gonna call Monday nights Formation Mondays. We also have Catechesis of the Good Shepherd running from 6.30 a.m. Uh, a.m., oh my gosh, that'd be a long day. 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. And so normally for the past 20 years, we've done the edge from seven to 8.30. We're moving that up a half an hour. And so we're gonna do Rock 45 in the narthex in the classrooms. We're gonna do the edge over in Fenland. Parents have requested, because their lives are so busy that we're trying to meet these needs to bring all these formation programs from fourth grade to eighth together on the same night. Now here's the thing. The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. And we need parents to step up. We need people who love the Lord, who love Jesus, to step up and minister to our young people. And so it is an invitation to bring people to Jesus Christ. It is an invitation. So if you have it in your heart, even right now if you don't have it in your heart, our formation staff is out there. We would love to talk to you about ministering to our young people. I can't think of a greater thing than to bring a young person to Jesus. That is something literally that they will know for the rest of their life. And so we are excited to start this year in Christian formation. We will be outside. Everything is online. You can go to our parish website on the front page and you parents, you can sign your kids up. We're not in the 21st century, we're in the 22nd century. So you can sign up everything out there. We've got brochures, we've got lots of information cards, the web. If you want to do it here and sign up, we would love to talk to you. Our Christian formation staff is available outside after mass, and we hope to see you and to get your kids involved so that they experience that joy and that love of Christ in their lives. Thank you for listening to the St. Patrick Catholic Community Homily Podcast. We are Christian Disciples in Mission, 